Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Nerdcaster Podcast. I'm Joe, and with me with today again, I have Lori, and we're going to talk about the Rogue One movie and what our thoughts are. Uh, we saw the film this morning. Um, was released on what Thursday? Yep, Thursday night. And for those who don't know, um, Rogue One is the film that sets up episodes four, five, and six. Um, I didn't know that coming in. I actually knew very little about this movie. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, even though I've seen almost every film. Every film except uh, one, Revenge of the Sith, is the only um, it's the only one I haven't seen. And from what I hear, it was the only semi-decent one in that... Uh, that trilogy. In that string, yeah. Um, so, you know, what, did, uh, what were your first thoughts, Joe? I... This is a movie I'm definitely going to have to watch more than once to understand. And the same thing goes for any of the Star Wars movies I've seen. I've had to watch them all more than once. There's so many names of characters and they all have backstories and there's many different worlds that they travel to. It's a lot to take in in a movie. And this one is no different. Um, also, just for our listeners... There will be spoiler alerts in this episode, or I mean episode, in, well, yeah, yes. in this episode. Um, so if you haven't seen the film and you don't want anything spoiled for you... Um, hit stop now. Hit stop now. Um, and if you haven't seen the movie, you should have. Yeah, that's, you know, first off, um, definitely I think it's worth a watch in theaters. Um, this is the first movie we also saw in 3D in a while. Yeah, well, it was because we couldn't get any seats. <laughs> Literally, could not get any standard, um, any standard seating. Not that the show is, you know, sold out by any means, but you know, if we wanted to sit like all the way in the front, which I'm not sure, I've never, I think I've sat all the way in the front in the theater once, and it wasn't really that enjoyable. So, um, with the new way, all. The theaters are seated now with the, you know, kind of stadium seating. You got a book online, yeah. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and reserve your seats. I'm not sure how that front row even looks, but, you know, not something I wanted to risk in a film, you know, that I wanted to say. Maybe if I go see something I don't really care about, um, I'll give it a shot. But this time, uh, no. Um, so definitely worth a, a watch in theaters. Very entertaining. Um Joe made this comment once we actually left the when we left the theater that it felt more like a uh, a Saving Private Ryan war movie than it does a, an actual Star Wars Jedi movie. In fact, that's that's one of the things I didn't like about the movie was that there was no Jedi in this movie whatsoever. Um, well, there isn't supposed to be. I understand that, but there's still Jedi out there. Obi Wan's still moving around. Yoda's still kicking it. They make re I, I didn't hear any references to Yoda specifically, but they do reference Obi Wan, um, and you see you have appearances from Darth Vader. You have a surprise appearance from Princess Leia, which happens at the very end of the movie, which is going to you know pretty much kick off um, a new hope. Four, yeah. um, I would actually, I would you know when this comes out on DVD, I wouldn't you know, mind watching this movie and then going right into special know, effects and how they made it. Uh, I was going to say, go right into watching episode four. Oh, but I mean that too, <laughs> that too. Cause, cause that scene where they, they bring her back and she's young as if it was the opening to uh, a new hope. It, it's, 
it it was done ridiculously well. Uh, I was very surprised. Yeah, when 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 you see her, you kind of you see the back of her, and you know it's her. They you know they say her name and everything. So I was like, uh, are they going to show her face? Are they not going to show her face? Who did they get to you know? Who did they cast? And this is you know maybe this was something that was known, but I did not do my homework before watching the movie. Um, so when she turns around, I was expecting it to like cut to black, or or you just wouldn't see her, and. There's Carrie Fisher, you know, yeah. from 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. And we all saw The Force Awakens. And, you know, I'm not sure, you know, between that film and this film, like how much plastic surgery she might have gotten in between them. But there's no way. Yeah, that, that's not going to happen. No. So it, so let's start from the beginning now that we've ruined the ending. So spoiler alert, boom. Uh, what is your overall opinion of the movie on a high level? On a high level, um, I mean, I'm not really sure what you mean by that, but... Did you like it or you didn't like it? I did. And if you did like it, what are the things you liked about it? I definitely enjoyed it. And where you, you know, didn't really care for the fact that it was more of like a war film, I actually really liked that. Uh, I'm not really a war movie, you know, connoisseur by any means, but I enjoyed that part. You know, there's a lot of strategy involved. There's a lot of politics involved. There's a lot of... Um, you know, just, a, you know, a lot of things need to happen. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, just two Jedis facing off with, you know, their lightsabers. And I, I enjoyed that about <laughs> it because it's like that's not the entire that's not the entire story. And, you know, it, it tells, you know, it tells the story of, um, you know, this ragtag group who literally goes and tries to get the Death Star plans because of the fatal flaw so that, you know, it could be destroyed once, you know, it was discovered. Um, it answers that old question that everybody had. Like, why would they design a Death Star with something so easy to blow it up? Yeah. And it's kind of like, did George Lucas anticipate this? Was this something, this was part of the story that just never made it into the original trilogy? Or was it something It's like, you know what? You know, I'm kind of tired of people talking shit about, you know, how the Death Star was conveniently able to be taken down by a single hit to a reactor and this you know he's just like you know what let me just let me just uh, write a movie real quick about it you know i don't know but um, that's what disney does best they'll answer those questions they they uh they're very good storytellers and that's definitely one of the strong points in this movie the story is very great i do like the story and while you're wrong i i do like war movies um, I did like Saving Private Ryan. There are a few others. I mean, I'm not a huge war movie buff like like some people. Uh, but with Star Wars, I don't know. I thought it was going to be more about like the the, the Council and and is this girl going to be yet another Jedi? Which oh. brings me to another point. How is? Did you notice that in in the new series, the the episode eight and this one, both of the lead protagonists are women. I think that's great. I mean, honestly, being a woman myself, and we got into this a little bit when we reviewed Moana on our first episode, um, female leads, uh, and especially in a franchise like Star Wars, we, you know, it was when, you know, it it was reviewed over and over again um, when Force Awakens came out, and, you know, and, you know, we had a young, we had a young teenager in that role in this one we have a little bit of an older female she's a little bit more jaded she has no interest whatsoever in you know and you're talking about Jin Ursa. Jin Ursa, yeah i'm sorry if i'm like skipping ahead or just jumping all over the place no you just didn't mention her by name you just said the, the girl in this one 
Right. So I just want to clarify. Um, well, another point is the names not too memorable for me. Again, could just be the fact that I only saw it once. That's... If I see it a few times, I'll probably get them down. No problem. Um, the only person's name I remembered just without having to, you know, look it up was, uh, Galen Urso's, which his name was repeated like 70 times. I'm Galen Urso's daughter or, oh, do you know what Galen Urso is up to? And, you know, kind of cause the movie begins with him. He gets, um, sort of, he gets taken by the empire to, you know, he's a scientist. They need him. He apparently defected. And he's living on his own. He's farming. He has a wife and child. He hides them. He knows they're coming. And, um, you know, his wife dies. Um, no surprise there. The daughter goes in hiding. Do you know what that reminded me of? A, a totally different movie genre. Well, I guess you can consider it a war movie. That intro reminded me a lot of um, the Quentin Tarantino movie, uh, Inglorious Bastards, where Hans Landa rolls up. And he, he's like this threatening guy and everything. And he sits down in the house and has a conversation with the guy. And it's pretty much what happened. This dude rolled up. Galen Erso comes out. And the two are chatting. I mean, it's not as intense as Inglorious Bastards. But it, it kind of gave me that feel. And then the, the little girl runs away. Oh, and plus the so, director, uh, I think it's director Orson. Uh, he was... From the Empire, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was no Hans Landa. I mean, let's be for real. Just... You know, I'm not. This isn't a review yeah. on the Glorious Bastards, but you know, one of my favorite films in terms of dialogue, and of course, you know, the villain. The villain, of course, you know, you have Darth Vader, you have the Emperor. They're still the villains, the overall villains. But really, this director is your main. He serves your main villain. It's kind of a little douchebag, you know. So the sooner he would get shot or you know would die, I was just kind of looking forward to that. But of course, it's not going to happen till the end of the movie. Um, but back to your earlier point about, you know, you were maybe thinking this girl could be another potential Jedi. I think I would have been just completely turned off if that was the case, because, you know, are are all the stories just about Jedi? You know, you have... The Jedi are the coolest people in Star Wars. I guess, but you know what? You had, what, um, now eight or seven films featuring a Jedi and, you know, featuring a Jedi, you know, the, the main characters are Jedis. Uh, but you know, think about like, that. It's kind of old. But you know, think about that. Old. I agree. I'm not. Well, I don't agree. But think about that. You had seven movies that centered around these Jedi, and then you're you're going to throw Rogue One in there, and there's no Jedi. I don't know. To me, it was surprising. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure people who read out there the spoilers before they saw the movie and everything else. I knew nothing about this movie going in, so that was a shock to me. It, but. <laughs> If it's going to serve as sort of like the direct prequel to episode four, like there, there shouldn't have been any expectation of Jedi in this film because they were all, you know, massacred. In hindsight, yes, I, I agree. Once I thought back to when this movie actually takes place and I thought about it a little harder, yeah, it does make sense. But again, I didn't think that hard before going into this movie, so it was quite surprising. You know, what? I kind of enjoy. You know, what? and I watch a lot of anime. And I watch a lot, a lot of magical girl anime where do you have the seemingly ordinary person who has magical powers and all of a sudden their life turns upside down, which is, you know, pretty much the story of every single Jedi. But it's nice to have a, a film with a cast 
that are regular people. Yeah. They're regular people. They're well, serving the well, rebel lines. Well, they, not all of them are regular people. You have an Asian daredevil guy in this movie. Yeah, he's blind and he's <laughs> apparently he's got pretty he's pretty much got like superpowers or whatever. It's I on, mean, not literal superpowers. Honestly, but. that's who I thought was going to be this Jedi thing that he actually could see using the Force. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like you know there's a there's a Force and there's Chirrut Imwe is his name in the movie. There's apparently the force in everybody. It just in Jedi, they're like super concentrated. They're able to use. What'd you do? Your homework on the Jedi and stuff? No, you said you're not a huge fan, I'm but you a, seem to know a lot about this. I'm not a huge. Are fan. you a closet Star Wars nerd? No, <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who made me actually sit through every single film. I, you know, I pick up on, on a lot of the on the history and actually. Um, just a fun little fact here, a game that I played a lot, Mass Effect, was supposed to be a Star Wars game, didn't exactly pan out, so Bioware decided to just make its own franchise, which, Star Wars, I mean, missed opportunity, but if you play Mass Effect, if you watch Star Wars and you play Mass Effect, you can definitely see that, you can tell that it was originally a Star Wars game, you can, they're just a lot of tie-ins, there's a lot of things that, you know, you can tell were kind of changed last minute to accommodate a brand new story yeah because some of the characters look very similar to some star wars characters right but this is a franchise that's that says you know that, that dates back to the 70s it's mm-hmm. it's hard even from someone who's never really seen the film it's hard for people not to even know a little bit about it because of all the pop cultural references so some of that comes from that i'm not like sitting there reading like i don't have like the star wars encyclopedia plus as two people who frequent disney world all the time, and they have Star Wars in Hollywood Studios. And it's becoming a very big becoming presence there. a very there. big yeah. thing. I mean, you kind of pick up a few things from that, too. I mean, not a lot, but you do pick up a few things. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm a Star Wars nerd. I don't know. But I, I, <laughs> but I wouldn't be able to stand on the same um, as, level. As somebody as, who's watched exactly. them a hundred times. No, I, I get you. I could have they, – they, they literally school me, and I would just sit there and say – Oh, yes, of course, you're right. You know, I don't know everything. But The world has encyclopedias. So that being said, both of us don't know as much as others. So feel free to not send us hate mail. Right. I mean, but coming from even... This is a film that's really easy for somebody who's never seen any of the Star Wars films to pick up on because there's not a lot. There's not a lot you need to know. You, you know... The premise is very simple. I mean, you could literally put this plot and put it in any kind of scenario. You have a rebel alliance. You have an empire. You also... Government and people who don't like the government, if you want to simplify this. Um, You have that. You have a guy who gets taken... His fam- his daughter goes into hiding, is raised by somebody else, uh, um, a, mil- yeah, a military extremist or a, a rebel extremist. And, you know, it, it the story's about her, you know, kind of finding exactly what happened to her father and then having no cause before now, now having a cause in the rebel alliance and then undertaking a suicide mission. So really, I mean, just that's the basic premise of the movie. So anybody could really get into it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a great starter movie for new fans. However, especially since it's, uh, you know, it kind of sets up, you know, the first three. That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. So for somebody who's never seen the original trilogy, four, five, and six, uh, it's a good lead into those movies. However, going from this movie and then going to the 1970s version of these, where the technology isn't as good, it, 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 
for newer generations, I know that takes away for some people. It takes away, and I and, and that happened to me after you know we watched it a few years ago um, when we watched episodes four, five, and so we watched them back to back because you got some kind of crazy DVD. But I think you look past that part of it after about twenty minutes. Like the first twenty minutes are kind of like, oh, this is kind of janked, you know, even though it was just revolutionary for its time. After 20 minutes, you kind of forget, you know, the I, graphics don't even matter. It's because, like, the film actually takes over. Um, I like the nostalgia thing, but let's get back to this movie at hand and the, uh, like, the cinematography, special effects and stuff. What, what did you think of that? Like, what was one of your favorite scenes regarding stuff like that? Um, well, I mean, I don't really, you know, have a particular favorite. I haven't, you know, I wasn't watching the movie just paying, trying to pay attention to the special mm-hmm. effects. I mean, obviously the whole thing with the um, Princess Leia at the very end, that just kind of blew so, me away. So, that's, so that could be yeah, your that, scene. That, that would have to be mine be just because it's the only thing that's, like, you know, in terms of special effects that really, really stood out to me just because, you know, in the last 10 years, I mean, yep. I haven't seen anything in special effects that's particularly, except, you know, since Inception, really. And then also when we saw Doctor Strange, um, in terms of special effects, like something that really stood out to me. Um, but yeah. See, I like the scene where, where you know Vader's coming. They show the Mustafar, the, the lava planet, or you're guessing it's Mustafar, where he has his little Vader castle. And uh, he comes out. Before he makes his appearance, if you look at the wall behind the director, his shadow can be seen. And it, it like gave me douche chills or something. Because it's just like Vader's going to come in. I thought he was going to kill him at that point. So that was your favorite special uh, dude, effects moment? I like the way they did it. The, like the angles, the shadowing. I don't. I know it was something simple, but it gave that uh, that lead in to Vader coming in for, for older fans like myself. That it's like, oh shit. He's the fucking man. He's my favorite character in the whole Star Wars universe up until he becomes a pussy and, you know, helps Luke at the very end of uh, Return of the Jedi. But Vader, uh, uh, the bad guys in all of these movies are usually I like better. Uh, I mean, except maybe Rogue One. I didn't – not Rogue One. Um, episode 7. I didn't care for any of the baddies in that. And I like Darth Maul. <laughs> as much as the that episodes one, two, and three suck, Darth Maul is probably the best part of that, in my opinion. So I do like the bad guys in the Star Wars series a, a little bit better than I like Luke or Han or anything. I don't think. I mean, yeah, I guess in, in this in the second trilogy, the um, you know the villains weren't particularly you know anything you know worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one I, I mean, you have Darth Maul, you have like Count Dooku, you have. Um, obviously, you know, the emperor, but you know, so Vader has no, you have no choice but to like Vader. He, he sticks out out of all of them and he's like your first baddie. So well, Palpatine a- is a douche too. I like him too. Screwing over, like he, he's the head of, of, of the, the Republic and he's like doing all this shit behind him and creating the empire and all that crap. Total douchebag. And yeah. then he, he turns, he is the, he's one of the most powerful Siths with the Sith lightning and he controls Vader great um speaking of Sith lightning i i managed to catch this on facebook i don't know if you did this guy um he explained why sith lightning was blue i i did not catch that and is I, this a fan theory no i think it's um you know what yeah it's probably a fan theory i didn't look that much into it but it's really interesting you should definitely check it out if you get a chance i, I wish i could remember the name of the guy who posted it but 
he goes through this full-on explanation and goes, this is exactly why Sith lightning is blue. Okay. And it's like all, it has to be like, you know, atmospheric and it, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, so anybody who's really interested to in knowing, you know, why exactly that is, um, go check it out. Um, Palpatine's a douchebag. I mean, I just, exactly. what, I, what I can't stand in some movies. But do you hate the bad guy that much that you actually feel like you hate him? I guess. I mean, and I I suppose that's the purpose. You're not supposed to like the bad guy, but it's, you know, and it was probably, you know, it might have just been the way episodes, you know, two and three were written. It was like, you know, everything hinged on this guy being able to manipulate Anakin Skywalker, being able to manipulate the Senate and just being able to manipulate everybody. But he was terrible at it. It really wasn't. He never even made like a convincing argument, in in, in my opinion, in being able to pull the strings on all these people. He was terrible at it. But again, that could have just been the writing. Yeah, we we should definitely go into a bigger Star Wars discussion at a later time and go over all of this. Um, but in this new movie, Rogue One, you got to see a few more planets. Um, did any of those stand out to you? I mean, this is this is another part of my issue. Like, there's so many planets in these movies and everything else. It's kind of hard to keep straight what's where. I mean, the only planet I mean was in um, was the last one. What was that one? Scarif. Scarif. Yeah. So it's like a tropical. It was like the I think the first island or island, the first planet that I saw that kind of you know looked a little bit different from the rest. It wasn't like a complete Iceland like um, like Hoth or you know desert like Tatooine or even Jeddah and and you mean Jakku oh Jeddah yes Jedha from this movie this, yeah and Jakku yeah so you know where everybody you know it seems to start in um this desert barren wasteland, wasteland. Yeah. yeah so I mean this one doesn't start out like that it starts out on um again don't remember the planet but it, it it's green it's got a lot of grassland so Lamu know, yeah um Okay. Where the Ursos lived and, and that's where the director came in in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you only have so many settings to work with and it's like the so many planets and then you have a trading outpost and then you have, you know, your metropolitan city-like planets and it's, you know, which kind of makes a, a little bit of, um, you know, so many- is the entire planet a, a huge city? Are there other parts of this planet that, you know, or is it completely uninhabited? But my issue is, like, you have so many of these. How do you keep straight who's where and what's going on on what planet during what times? It's it's a lot of settings. This is a huge, I want to say huge worlds, but it's literally a universe. And that's why I like the movie. It's on, if I had to give it a grade, it would probably be like a six or seven right now. I don't know if I go back and watch and pick up, like, little things I missed. It might put it to an eight or nine. I mean, I don't know. I really liked uh, I liked the, the the four, five, and six, and seven, and then this one is it was good, but I don't think it measured up to seven. I liked seven better. So seven get, being the Force Awakens. Yes. Mm. I mean, no. I mean, it's also this was a film that was you know finished and completed in in one installment. There's there's not going to be like a Rogue One, you know, two. Um, or sequel because obviously the sequels are you know New Hope and I kind of like that too like I could watch this film and it's like I don't have to the story's been told I don't I don't have to you know wait another two years for the next part of it um, and maybe that anticipation is you know it's a I mean maybe it's a good thing you know um, yeah so I mean I don't know um, 
I liked it. I'm not gonna say I liked it better than The Force Awakens, but, but um, it ranks better than other movies in your opinion. I mean, it's definitely like ten steps above episodes one, two, and three. But that goes without being said. Is it better than episodes four, five, and six? I honestly would include it in the same bracket just because it's part of the same story. It didn't I don't? It didn't destroy that story. It you know enhanced it. It enhanced it. It told another part I, of it. I, I would agree. I would I would put that in there. You know, for, for me to compare it to The Force Awakens is two completely different stories. I mean, in terms of cinematography and you know direction and acting, I think that the, those are all on par. Yep. With with you know Force Awakens and Rogue One, I thought they were all exceptionally well done in that way. But can I compare them both and say, you know, which one was better? I can't. All right. I. I, I agree, but that's going to do it for this half of the uh, Star Wars Part 1 and our thoughts and review of the movie. And uh, check back with us on Wednesday for the second part where we'll talk about each character and um, what our thoughts are. Because, you know, there are some characters that we haven't even talked about, like K2SO, who, who to me was a, a great part. But we'll get into that later. And uh, remember to follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash nerdcaster, at nerd underscore caster on Twitter. At Nerdcaster on Instagram, www.nerdcaster.com to read some of our articles, listen to past episodes, and to check out some other cool stuff we have there. Um, and uh, what do you have to plug? I was just going to say, you know, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, um, whichever method that you choose to get the latest episode delivered right to your phone, no searching around. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, at London Riley, L O N D O N R E I L L Y. And also, that's my, uh, I mean, not super relevant to this conversation, but my um, PlayStation Network is also London Riley, spelled exactly the same way. Um, feel free to shoot me an email, Lori at Nerdcaster. Uh, Nerdcaster.com. Nerdcaster, <laughs> L O R I at Nerdcaster.com. And you can find me, Joe, at nerdcaster.com, LordQX4 on PSN, LordQX4 on Wii U, uh, LordQX4 on Twitter, and that'll do it. Nerdcaster out. Nerdcaster out.